It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back. Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? Night to be a mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 23rd. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths since 1995. Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create, so check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. How you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Well, we got to witness a uh, Christmas experience last night of the uh, Jets fans getting a wish version of Tim Tebow in the tail end of that game. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good selection last night. I went with Jacksonville to win the game. I think Jacksonville's been on a hot streak. They've won four out of their last five. They look really good right now. And it's uh, we might be watching the sad end of the Zach Wilson era in New York, I think. That's brutal. Uh, and let the record show that I woke up about 30 times last <laughs> night checking my alarm uh, to make sure that I was here today. For a full strength, we were, uh, we got our man back out of the penalty box. We're back to even strength here uh, with Jordan, and I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> hey, talk about nightmare fuel. Oh, so I tuned in at the beginning of the show yesterday and heard uh, <laughs> what sounded like a weather report. So I was like, oh, maybe they just you know got some guy on and turned it off, had no idea. Then tuned it back on right at the end of the show and heard you say that. I was like, oh, gosh. Like, what happened? What happened? But, no, hey, been there, done that, and, uh, yeah, nightmare fuel. That'll definitely ruin your sleep for the uh, next it, week it, or it, so. It certainly will. It certainly will. <laughs> Nothing worse than, uh, or if you would be me, I'd start setting alarms at, like, midnight, 1230, 1, 1 all going all morning long, all morning long. But um, with it being uh, kind of weird winter weather and, of course, winter break starting, we do have an update on the Spring Mills basketball game tonight. Yeah, we're going to go 0-2 this week, unfortunately. Uh, tonight's game, from what I understand, has been canceled against Southern Fulton. I was really excited for both of these games. The Elkins game yesterday, uh, because they're one of the best teams in AAA, it's kind of a golden era of Elkins basketball. We were going to see them take on a Musselman team that's trying to bounce back. That game got canceled. Makes a lot of sense with Elkins being four hours away, and it's not a conference game. But then we were supposed to do Spring Mills tonight against Southern Fulton. Southern Fulton was 6-0. and Spring Mills has... A sophomore in Keyshawn Cheek who's averaging 25 points a game and they're 4-1. and one. So I was excited to bring this game uh, uh, to the masses as well. But unfortunately, it also has been canceled. Mm. So it goes this time of year. But it's interesting. I feel like Elkins has always been like a really good basketball school. They've got a good culture. They really have. They haven't had prolonged uh making it to the state tournament success. And people expect them to do that this year. They're well coached. They're deep. They hit a lot of shots. Um, I'm going to be excited if I get the chance to go down to the boys tournament this year to see if they're a part of it, along with the other panhandle teams that make it. That's why I was so excited to see them. And uh, they've got a cool crew and a radio culture over there with Greg mm-hmm. White, their sports director. So we were going to link up with those guys, have a good time. But uh, it wasn't meant to be. Um, and it's, you know, the, be honest with ourselves. Obviously, we want these games to get on the air. Obviously, our, our executive producers want those games to get on the air. But at the end of the day, there's really no reason to put 
15 kids on a school bus and have them drive four hours up 68 yeah. when it's just it's just dumping snow on them. So mm-hmm. safety, and I, I think that they, they made the right decisions. Uh, it, it just means our, our listeners won't be able to uh, listen to any high school basketball today. Especially coming from Elkins, because oh, it was goodness. probably a million times worse than Elkins than it's ever over here. And I don't think they would have been able to get back. No. It would have been bad. Uh, been like I was trying to get to uh, Erie yeah. last weekend. <laughs> uh, so we, we dodged a couple bullets, weather bullets there because I think they got ended up getting like three feet of snow. So we'd have definitely gotten up there for Shepherd Games, but we would not have gotten We'd back. still be there. Right? Yeah, you guys still be there. <laughs> we would be digging be our way there. out. We would still be there. But speaking of Shepherd, Parker, uh, pretty big uh, transfer portal pickup for him in the wide receiver area, especially with uh, Marlon Cook leaving to go to the portal. This is a huge kind of substitution in for him. Yeah, this is big, and this was something I talked about the entire season was the depth that Shepard had. Now some of that depth is leaving via the draft to the transfer portal. Of course, Ronnie's heading out for the draft. Marlon Cook's headed out to the transfer portal. He's gotten some offers from some D1s and other D2s. They pick up a West Virginia State wide receiver by the name of Barry Hill. He's 5'10". He's a junior, so he's got one year of eligibility left. It's pretty solid. He averaged around 20 yards a catch, so that's pretty good coming from a guy. And again, is going to be a receiver room where we don't really know who the X receiver is going to be on this team because that's where Marlon Cook was. Of course, Ryan Beach is a lot of the times you see him in the slot, kind of a smaller guy in there. Then you've got guys like Dorsey, Morgan, Harper all coming back as well. This just adds a guy back to the ranks and Barry Hill, who's got experience playing in the Mountain East conference is going to take the step up into the PSAC and I'm going to be excited to see what Barry's going to do and I think one of the issues that Shepard ran into in the back half of the season was Beach and Cook were both trying to get healthy come back fight their way onto the team after at the beginning of the season they had established themselves as the top two target getters on the offense and while they missed time you started to see Foray Morgan really start to step up Kenny Edlin and it became more of a by committee sharing the wealth kind of thing and then when Cook and uh, Beach came back there was kind of a, a frustration to try to force feed them targets and then also work within the offense. Obviously, you know, Beach will come back, but without Cook, assuming he's going to leave in the transfer portal and not come back, I think we're going to see a little bit more of a, another hockey analogy, more of a line change at the mm-hmm. receiver position and just shuffle guys in like crazy. And Barry Hill's a big play guy. He's not a big body guy, like you said, only five foot ten, but had over 500 yards receiving and eight touchdowns last year. Uh, is somebody that's dynamic, and it looks like he can do a lot after the catch as well. So he's just going to fit right into that that mold where Shepard's going to have eight different guys next year that they trust to make plays in the passing game, and they'll cycle them in like crazy so they always have fresh legs. Are the times gone where with wide receivers you have to put a ton of credit into how tall they are? I mean, 5'10 small, I think, for like incredibly small for a wide receiver, especially uh, in this kind of a competitive you know era of D2 football. But with that being said, you look at like Dwayne uh, Brown up at IUP, I don't think he's uh, six foot and not much taller than that. So, I mean, can you put too much credit into height anymore? Does it not really matter? Well, I think, and I'll go to my grave saying that I think Gerard Bowie should have won the Harlan Hill. He's five foot nine. Yeah. You know, I, I think that once if you're dynamic enough, you can make those plays. I think Marlon Cook was a cheat code because he had good hands, was a good route runner, and he was six foot two. And, and that's why he thinks he should be a division one wideout. That's why he put his name back in the portal, which will have to wait and see because I think injuries really kind of hurt his stock in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's not a necessity. It's a luxury. And the ones that that use their size well uh, can dominate this level, like you said with Brown. I remember um, the Cal wide receiver was a big body tight end. His, 
shaped wide receiver, I should say. His name escapes me, but he's somebody that can certainly make a play. Um, so I, I don't think it's a necessity, but it's also something you're going to miss early on in the season, those jump balls in the end zone that they threw to Marlon Cook. Nobody else on this team is going to be able to make that play, you know, especially with Brian Walker leaving too. Mm-hmm. So it changes how you use targets in the red zone. But between the 20s, I don't think it matters as much. And I think really this team's going to have to turn to more instead of like going physical and playing West Coast, maybe trying to hit deep balls with these maybe smaller receivers but that can get loose in the field. I think guys like Foray, guys like Cam Dorner are going to get the ability to really get short stuff and get stuff over the top to take the top off better on the defense. It's going to be exciting to see again. We mentioned Rodney Dorsey, who I think really broke out towards the back end of the season and into the playoffs. I think he had a fantastic run. You got guys coming back into that lineup, too. There's a lot of depth at the receiver position. Beach will be back and 100% healthy, which really would be really helpful. He's going to be a good safety blanket for whoever's going to play quarterback. Of course, you got Marlon, who's not going to be on the team next year from our looks of it at this point. And it's just the depth that really is the main thing right now for this team. If they had the depth of the receiver, and this will be another body to add in there, and this committee of wide receivers, it's all about keeping each other healthy, I think is what it comes down to as well. If you got that rotation going in, you'll be all right. Interesting stuff, especially with the portal. You never know. You never know. You look at Colorado getting all these big-time uh, transfers now. It's hard to tell what will happen. And I think Marlon Cook, if he stays healthy and um, you know keeps his head in the game, if you will, for an old expression, I think he could be a D1 um D1 receiver, but only time will tell. Only time will tell. And uh, speaking of, uh, well, I guess not speaking of uh, Shepard football, because we're talking about basketball now, West Virginia basketball, uh, what, 10-2 and two to end the season or to end the 2022 uh, portion of the season? Now, Luke, I'm looking at this schedule and <laughs> not seeing too many tough games. Now, yes, they beat Pitt, but I'm seeing like Mount St. Mary's, Penn, Florida was a good win. Uh, lose to Purdue, number one Purdue, eighty to sixty-eight. All in all, I mean, not the toughest schedule, but hey, ten and two is still ten and two. So the Xavier game, they're going to want to have to have back. They mm-hmm. lose that game by ten. Xavier's going to be really good in terms of resume builders, though. Florida was a great win, and they dominated Florida. And people don't realize how good UAB is this year. Mm-hmm. UAB is a team that's going to be probably top sixty in the net and Ken Palm for the rest of the season. So that's going to matter. Now, what's concerning is. They look really good offensively against Buffalo. They almost score 100 points, but they allow a Buffalo team that's below 500 to score 78. That's a problem. And then yesterday against Stony Brook, they win this game by 11, but it got uncomfortable. They cut the lead down to 8. I'm sorry, down to 10. It was an 18-point lead before the last media timeout. Uh, and I, I know that made people a lot of nervy. They're only able to win this game by 11. Um, they came out, and you'd heard Kyle Wiggs say it in the sportscast. I can't. I think it was Toussaint that said, "Man, we were terrible today, and we're not going to let that happen again." You know, they're fun to watch. They hit shots. I think that this is a proof that Bob Huggins can actually pull good names out of the portal because Mitchell's been great. Jimmy Bell, although he didn't play well in this game, is starting to really be great. Stevenson's hitting shots. Toussaint's hitting shots. They did both of these games without Emmett Matthews, who I didn't realize is I guess we didn't realize was as crucial of a defender as he is because he's missed this time and they've suffered because of it. Um, but all in all, right now they're playing like a tournament team. Now they get into conference play and we'll have to find out if they can win in conference play. But there's a big difference between going into your conference schedule ten and two and eight and four. You're able to drop a couple of games that you're probably not supposed to. And if they go five hundred against the Big Ten or Big Twelve, I should say, because something that's crazy is every single team in the Big Ten right now, I'm sorry, the Big 12, 
is top 50 in the net. Mm-hmm. And there are 10, or 10 different teams in the Big Ten that are top 50 in the net. That's why that stat came to mind. So they populate 44% of the top 50 teams in the net ranking come out of the Big Ten and the Big 12. So even if you just finish 500 in conference play, the conference is so good that your tournament resume is going to be unbelievable and you're going to get a pretty high seed because of it. So there are a lot of people, myself included, that looked at this roster at the beginning of the season and thought, there's no ball movement, there's not consistent scores, this has the potential to be as bad as last year's team was, one of the worst teams in Bob Huggins' history. And I think that we all, myself included, need to owe Bob an apology. This team is really, really well coached. They play really well within his system. They're doing it all without Jose Perez, who was cheated out of his waiver, which is unbelievable. Um, and they're fun to watch, which you can't say about many West Virginia teams in years past, and I really think they're trending towards getting back to the tournament. And let me give you a look at the gauntlet right here coming up. The end of the season coming up, December 31st, they get Kansas State, who's been, I think, the surprise. At Kansas of the Big, State, too. At Kansas State, who's been the surprise of the Big 12 yeah, this they're year. They're tied for the lead with Kansas in the conference at 11-1 and right now. Turn around and get Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, worst team in the conference right now, and an 8-4 and record. 8-4 and and you're the worst team in the conference right now. That is... That's nuts. That's nuts. Uh, can't, number four, Kansas. You got to play them January the 7th. You get number 12, Baylor, who's coming off just winning a national championship not too long and ago. And those two games are at home. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Kansas, you got Grady Dick, who's the best freshman in the country. And then don't forget that Baylor game, which is a couple of days later, and they'll be ranked, obviously, is Jalen Bridges coming back to Morgantown. Yeah, gonna be, uh, that's going to be It's going to be something. It's going to be hostile, I think. <laughs> then you go at Oklahoma on January 14th. You get 20th ranked TCU January the 18th. You get seventh-ranked Texas coming into Morgantown, which I heard that game's already sold out mm-hmm. coming on the 21st. Texas Tech, it's, it just keeps going. And then you get throwing, you got 23rd-ranked Auburn towards the end yeah, of January right? as well. That's pretty random. <laughs> you throw an Auburn in the middle of conference play. So it's it's a packed schedule. And again, you come out 500 in that, you're still going to be making the tournament. I think at this point, as long as there's not a massive collapse, West Virginia will be making the tournament. In the Turpies, 9-3. and three. They uh, beat St. Peter's yesterday, 75-45. to 45. Then they got UMBC on Thursday. Should win that one. But then it's Michigan, Rutgers, Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan. <laughs> their next couple uh, at Michigan, at Rutgers, and then Ohio State at home. Unranked Ohio State. I thought they were ranked. They've been in and out of the top 25. Yeah. Which, uh, another note, Sean McNeil, a former Mountaineer player, now at Ohio State, scored his 1,000th oh, collegiate right. point uh, the oh. other day. 900 of those came on the Mountaineers. But uh, the last 100 come on uh, uh, as a member of the Buckeyes. Hmm. Love it. Love it this time of year once basketball really starts to, well, it, always, it always matters, but it really starts to matter now. And then, uh, well, before we know it, fellas, we'll be, be into March and we'll be sitting here talking about um, our March Madness brackets. That's Are we going to get into that? I know uh, Jared tried to get us into into one last year. I'm down for one. Two of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. But we'll step aside here for a few minutes, come back for more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Your 2022 West Virginia Broadcasters Association News Talk Sports Station of the Year. Got to keep it. He's looking for Walker. Walker to go line. Touchdown, Rams! B. Walk with his second of the day on a three-yard pitch and catch for Tyson Bajan, and the Rams extend their lead. Hi, this is Brian Walker. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Want to uh, briefly go back to Shepherd Football because we heard uh, Brian Walker there. And, of course, we know Bajent is 
probably going to get drafted. Uh, Joey Fisher, probably going to get drafted. Do you think, I mean, now Brian hasn't necessarily, he hasn't had the uh, kind of publicity that the other two have, uh, but still had good production. He's got the right size and athletic ability to be a uh, professional football player. But do you think he will be, I guess, like for Better question. Yeah, you know, this was a, a segment that we had a little bit earlier in the week talking about kind of the, the pro upside of all four different players. I think that to speak for Parker and give him a chance <laughs> to answer it in a second, we know Bajan's going to get drafted. I think it's beyond the conclusion that Joey Fisher's going to be a camp mm-hmm. invite uh, because I think he's going to be a really, really good guard, especially when he gets into an NFL weight program. You know, Ronnie Brown, you kind of waffle on. I expected him, if he was going to go somewhere, to transfer up to the Division One program and not go to the draft. So that was a bit of a surprise. But you know, right as we were wrapping up that segment, if you remember, I, I, I just dawned on me that the last running back taken in last year's draft was Isaiah Pacheco, who's yeah. the exact same mm-hmm. size as Ronnie Brown. He's in fact he's two inches shorter. And he playing right now too. Yeah, and he's the yeah. chief starting running back. Yeah. And he's and Ronnie Brown's a better pass catcher than Pacheco. Pacheco had no production in college at Rutgers because Rutgers is terrible, and Ronnie. <laughs> Brown was the most productive running back. He's the most efficient running back in college football this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as Brian Walker's concerned, every single tight end taken outside of the first two rounds over the last two years of the draft was six foot five, except for one other who was six foot seven. And Brian Walker six foot five. Now the difference between Brian Walker and all these other NFL tight ends, these guys that are getting drafted, as he comes in at about 225, 230, a lot of these guys are 240, 250. But if an NFL team says Hey, Brian, you know, we like your hands. You're a good route runner. Uh, we like you as a pass catcher. We need you to develop as a bigger edge. We want you to come to rookie minicamp. We'll get you, get a guy in touch with you. We want you to show up at 255 pounds. Brian Walker will do that. You know what I mean? So, in that sense, it wouldn't shock me if all four end up on rookie minicamps. But as far as, you know, potentially having prolonged professional careers, I think we all know what Bajan is capable of doing. I would expect Joey Fisher to have a chance to make a roster just because he's an animal. The other two guys, I think, have you know Arena Football League or Europe written all over them, but there's no reason why an NFL team couldn't take a look at all four based on the success that other Shepard players have had at the NFL level and, and just how efficient they were at the college level this year. Well, do you think it's more of a case of like um, with recruiting, getting recruited out of high school, if they don't see you, then they're not going to see you? Or did he kind of get lucky to be on a team that had you know already two yes, NFL prospects, and then Ronnie Brown, of course, and the spotlight was there, and he just kind of walked into it. I think that's part of it, because we mentioned it during the season. Teams were coming to Shepherdstown to watch Tyson Bajan and Joey Fisher, and then you pick up and you see Brian Walker, Ronnie Brown, Marlon Cook, guys like that. I think that helps their case. Again, I think right now the only guy I could say for sure, yes, he's going to get drafted, I think is going to be Tyson right now because he has that senior bowl invite. That's kind of my indication of saying the league thinks he's going to get drafted if he's going to mobile. That's that's my thought with the process. Joey Fisher, I think he's borderline on being drafted. I think he's going to be close. I could see someone taking a chance on him in the sixth or seventh round. Again, we think he's going to be able to kick into guard at the NFL. I think he's going to be – I think out of everyone out of this class of Shepard athletes – I think Joey Fisher is probably going to have the longest NFL career out of the four of them. I really do. I think he might make the most money. I think so. Realistically, he's got the size of an NFL guard. He might not have the length of the arms. That's why he's not going to play tackle. I think in the pros, he'll kick inside the guard. And again, offensive lineman in the NFL, you don't got to, you don't have to be a first, second round pick to do good. There's a, so many undrafted free agents or sixth, seventh round offensive linemen in the NFL that are quality starters right now. You look into that, and I think Brian Walker's got a good chance too to make a roster just because of the hands, the size. 
He's got everything you want in an NFL-level tight end. He's got the build. He's got sure hands at the position. I think he could be a really good depth tight end on an NFL roster right now. I really do. And Ronnie, I think his best services are probably going to be a starting off as a kick returner in the NFL. I think he's got the electric speed and agility to make that happen. Oh, it would be so cool to see Ronnie Brown run a kicker, kicker pump back in the NFL. Oh, that would be so cool. It would be possible. I think that's his best shot to make a roster as a return specialist. That could be a depth running back receiver option that you could have. But again, if if these guys don't make NFL rosters, they're going to be stars. And I think they'll be stars in like the XFL, the Canadian League, European leagues, things like that. All four of these guys will have some sort of pro level career, and I think they'll do good for themselves. The very last tight end taken in the 2022 draft, and again, we're not. I don't think Brian Walker will get drafted. But just to answer your initial question, was Keefe from Minnesota, who has a touchdown reception for the Buccaneers this year. He has like eight catches for 87 yards. Four years, he was a, a, a starter at Minnesota, and an entire four-year career as a gopher, 12 catches, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, his entire career. Brian Walker will do that in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, so the body of work that, that Brian Walker is able to put, even though it's at the Division two level, is just miles and miles ahead of the offensive production that some of these other tight ends can have. You know, he, he's got the makings. If you were to ask me, like you said, predictions on the, who does what, I think Tyson's going to be in the league forever just because he's somebody yeah. that any NFL team is mm-hmm. going to want to have around. Joey Fisher's got the makings of somebody that kind of bounces around teams, and if he gets in the right situation with the right program, could have a long-term career at as uh, a utility backup lineman um, that could literally play all five spots on the line. Because you think about NFL teams only dress eight. So if you have somebody mm-hmm. that's played both tackles, can play everywhere but center, and probably in a couple of weeks could turn into a center, he's going to become a, incredibly valuable. Ronnie seems like if he's going to have an NFL career, seems like the kind of guy that would just be a, a practice squad warrior. Somebody that the New York Giants pick up because they desperately need a pass catcher <laughs> and a kidding. kick returner. He plays a couple of games and he gets cut and he goes somewhere else and he gets cut and has a chance to go somewhere with a bad team like like a Jacksonville or something or shout mm-hmm. out to the old St. Louis Rams days and have a spot to land. Walker, I think, is the least likely to have an NFL career, but you know, six foot five guys with hands like that that run routes don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. So Canada will come a calling, and we now understand that NFL Germany is as hype as it is. Uh, NFL <laughs> Germany could come a calling, so I, I think that all four of these guys will have a really, really, really good shot of making some money. Well, you never know. You never know, and I'm sure that that pro- well, I know that the process for those guys has already started and is in full swing. So I'm sure that they will have a busy Christmas. That's for sure. But we'll step aside. Now, don't forget, you can always text us. Get in touch with us on our text line three zero four two six three four three two one three zero four two six three four three two one. Let's see. We'll do the the uh, text question. Is what uh, what sports related gift do you want Santa to bring you this year? Ooh, is it huh. for the uh, the Giants to make the playoffs? Is it for that Raiders fan to get kicked out of every uh, you know game ever of you know, all time? I, I think I said two days ago that I wanted Santa to bring uh, Josh McDaniels a GPS that makes him drive into a lake. Um, <laughs> she can be she, she could be in the passenger seat. <laughs> so let gosh. us know what what sports related gift do you want Santa to bring you? Text us three zero four two six three four three two one three zero four two six three four three two one. We'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Hey, it's Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown, he's got a hole through the middle. It's a step run to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Ram! And you listening to Panhandle Sports Live.
Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us. 304-263-4321 is the text line. 304-263-4321. Let us know what sports-related gift you want Santa to bring you. And uh, I think Zach Wilson would say that he wants his job back as his uh, gift from Santa <laughs> this year. What do you think? Uh, yeah, but I think all that Zach Wilson is going to get is a bag of coal and a pink slip out of New York at this rate because, oh my, we were just talking about it before we came back on. His stats through 22 career games is comparable to that of Jamarcus Russell. It's who? Jamarcus Russell. Oh. The one of the most notorious busts in NFL history and somebody that I'm sure brings. Very bad flashbacks to one Luke over here, but mm-hmm. that was before I was a Raider fan. Today. Okay, fair I'm enough. More than that was back when I was getting my heart broken by the St. Louis Rams every year. <laughs> Shout out Mark Bolger one time. Yes, right. Oh, and dude, he, listen, listen. I'm a big Mark Bolger fan. He was MVP of the Pro Bowl. I love Mark. Let's Bolger. get that out of the way. Mark real Bolger, quick, real quick. Hey, some people are saying online that the only thing the Ravens need to do to get back to winning is get Kyle Bowler back. Kyle Bowler, that is. <laughs> I haven't hey, heard that name. Prettiest in backup and prettiest backup of all time. <laughs> that dude was a model back here. Just you think Tom Brady. You think Tom Brady looks good? That's what Mountaineer fans used to say about Clint Trickett. Remember Clint Trickett <laughs> oh, and his yeah. hair? Oh, Clint. Was he the one with the brother that was like a Vine star? No, that, no, was, that was Will Greer. Greer. Uh, Will cool. Greer was Mountain Jesus. That's what that's they used right, to call him. Right. Anyways, anyways. But yeah, I it's uh it's not looking good. Zach Wilson got benched for, I called him uh, CFL Tim Tebow, Chris Treveller. He ended up with... He came in midway through the fourth quarter, ended up having more passing yards than Zach Wilson did in the entire game, led the Jets in rushing, and the Jets were only able to muster up three points against a Jacksonville team. And all credit to the Jags here. I mean, it was an ugly game last night. The only touchdown scored was a Trevor Lawrence rushing touchdown. But the Jags, they're doing it. They're piecing it together. They're 4-1 in their last five games. They control their own destiny and can host a playoff game, guys. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who picked number one two years in a row. Two years in a row they've picked the number one pick. Can host a playoff game. They got to beat Houston next week, and then that would set up basically an AFC South title game against the Tennessee Titans, who are now Ryan Tannehill-less and are going to have to rely on Malik Willis to win them the AFC South, which I don't know if he can. I like. They're going to rely on Derrick Henry to win them. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's true. Derrick Henry's probably going to get 25, 30 carries a game, but it's it's going to be it's what a story it was three and seven from jacksonville and now are in playoff contention the detroit lions were one and six and are just outside looking in on the wild card right now teams that were that was the number one number two picking teams in last year's draft so these teams are slowly getting better while the jets who looked good they were setting themselves up for a wild card sauce Gardner puts himself to a really good rookie campaign and he gets named to the pro bowl Quentin Williams is having the best year of his career at the defensive tackle spot, and you could argue he's the best defensive tackle in football right now. Now they're the Jets are sliding down this slope, and it's because of Zach Wilson and their quarterback play. They they don't have a consistent quarterback, whether it's Zach Wilson. Mike White had some flashes, but he gets hurt. I don't want to roll out the corpse of Joe Flacco out onto the field at this point in his career. And <laughs> Do then, it. And then you have this CFL cast-off, and – well, let, Chris me, let, let me ask you this question to play a little hypothetical game with you, because what the Jets are going to try to do is throw the entire bank at Lamar. And I don't mm. know if he's going to want to go there or not. Um, the Jets trade. And I, I don't want to talk about personnel right now because I know they want to keep their young core intact. Jets trade two. It's too much, but just bear with me. Two mm. first round picks for Derek Carr. The Jets are what next year? I think they're 10 and 7, 11 and 6. I think they're a playoff team. With and Derek they win Carr. the division. 
I don't, no, I'm sorry, the Buffalo. They, they finished second in the division. They finished second in the division. They'll make a wild card if they have Derek Carr right now. I really do. Just think about all the – I mean, you think about all the – Not he's not an elite quarterback. I love him. All the quarterbacks that could change hands because I like this class, but I don't really see the Jets trying to run it back again with another rookie. You know, their options are overspend on Lamar, which that's not a guarantee. And then you think about all the other quarterbacks that could potentially change hands. Does Rodgers finally get moved? Do you want Aaron Rodgers at this point? Uh, you know, uh, who else could potentially, you know, uh, Kyler Murray, you don't want to go down that road. He just locked into a big contract. He can't stay healthy. I think Jimmy Garoppolo might be the, one of the better options for him. <sighs> Carr to Garoppolo, I think I'd rather have Carr. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if Garoppolo can win consistently in somewhere where he doesn't have as complete of a roster as he does in San Francisco that's not as well coached, even though I like Sala. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's an interesting landing spot if, if the Raiders decided they wanted to trade Carr. Or do they look to draft a quarterback and do what the Cardinals did just a few years ago? You draft Josh Rosen, you say, no, this isn't our guy, and you take Kyler Murray. You took Zach Wilson. That's when Robert Sala just got the job in New York, and now he's not looking like you want him to be. You're just rotating guys in. Do you go after a quarterback? Do you try? But you look at it, the Jets are going to be picking what, like, late teens early exactly. 20s and I think we just need to remove ourselves from that notion because then it's uh, going back to Derek Carl apologize to bringing him up again but the argument that you make as a Raider fan the argument you make as a Kirk Cousins fan or a Ryan Tannehill fan is everybody thinks their problem is just going to get solved by drafting another quarterback no. but that's what people thought about Mitch Trubisky and Baker Mayfield and Trevor Lawrence hasn't even been playing well until the last couple of weeks and he was supposed to be a generational talent yeah. you know year after year guys fault Zach Wilson was the answer to everybody's prayers because he could throw a good deep ball with the second pick in the draft Trey Lance can't stay healthy you know that's my point about these NFL teams that want to get good they keep trying to roll the dice with Ricky quarterbacks it doesn't work out and the ones that they do Mahomes was not the first pick in the draft Josh Allen was was not the first pick in the draft. Mar Jackson was barely a first round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the quarterbacks that make it, the guys that fall through the creed, it's not a guarantee no. as opposed to going out and trading for a bona fide starter right now, which is what I think the Jets would be better within their interest to do than trying to run it back with CJ Stroud. Drafting Will Levis would be like drafting Zach Wilson again. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could be a stud. He could be the next, he could be the next Josh Allen. He could also be terrible. And I feel like that's what a lot of the problem is right now. I think a lot of NFL teams are taking these quarterbacks with big arms, have the athleticism. They're like, okay, this is the next Josh Allen. This is our guy. The problem is people don't remember. Zach, Josh Allen was terrible his first year and a yeah. half. He was awful. I mean, he was battling with Nathan Peterman, and we already knew yeah. how bad Nathan Peterman was. He was awful the first year and a half. It took good coaching, a good offensive line, to build around Josh Allen to get him to an MVP-level quarterback. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of teams. They're saying, okay, we're going to draft the quarterback, and the offensive line's going to come later. you got to put the offensive line behind the quarterback first before you get your quarterback to play. Good. That's what's going to happen with Kenny Pickett. That's mm-hmm. 100% what's going to happen with Kenny Pickett. And, and again, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is the best quarterback in the league. Didn't start right away. No. Backed up Alex Smith for a year. Was it Alex Smith? Yes. For a year. And then took over towards. And Lamar didn't start right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. He, he came in at, for a playoff run, right? Yep. And uh, yep. just because of injuries. You know, I just, uh, we we infatuate ourselves with quarterbacks every single year. This guy's going to be the guy to fix. Raider fans have been calling for them to take a quarterback because this guy's going to solve all our problems. You know, Raider fans wanted Baker Mayfield. They wanted Mitchell Trubisky. They wanted Zach Wilson. They wanted whatever. And this is where the guys get you. Now, I'll tell you who's not going to do that. Drafted Tyson Bajan in the fifth round. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do you imagine him going to Baltimore or something if, uh, you know, Lamar ends up leaving? Man. Oh, man. man, they'd have to change, <laughs> throw away the playbook. That's, that's, that scheme's going to be a little well, bit different. Well, the, the scheme they run, they do already is basically for a pocket-passing quarterback. 
and yeah. just Lamar can't fit into it. He's just trying to improvise. Yeah. Which, that would be that would be fun. Which I still don't know how Greg Roman hasn't gotten fired yet. Well, apparently that. he might be getting a head coaching job at Stanford. Crazy. Of all things. Crazy. So. Some of his play calls, man. It's like, dude, you got probably the most at well, I guess a little biased, but the most athletic quarterback in the league. 100%. And you want him to stay in the pocket. Like, yes, I get it. He has a good arm and you want him to kind of fit in your mold. But and I feel kind of go off on a quick tangent here. I was watching if you watched any of the uh new Last Chance You. The basketball oh, I one need to started. I really I need to start. So I, I didn't watch season chance, one. Yeah. I've seen a couple of the, it's the uh, same school, right? Same and, school, okay. same coach, a completely different team. And this coach, man, I don't know. I don't know if I want to play for this guy. Cause I think to uh, what coach JB from the football ones, you know, he, he was nuts. He was screaming, yelling, cussing, all that. But I think I would have wanted to play for him, but this guy just seems mean. And like, in my opinion with basketball, you kind of, I think you should let your, you know, athletes kind of do their thing. Yeah. Have a structured, like, set or whatever offensive set but if they would kind of go do their thing they do the thing but this guy i mean goodness if they didn't even look at him when they were doing sprints they're doing it but anyways go ahead and watch that last chance too because it is bananas it. it's bananas and it's definitely cool to see how different and i guess the same it is from football uh the basketball especially in the juco ranks we'll step aside one final time we'll come back we'll get parker's picks and wrap things up for the week on panhandle sports live on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network Hi, this is Brian Walker. Looking for Walker. Touchdown Rams. Brian Walker catches the record-breaking touchdown pass as he finds his quarterback. You listen to Panhandle Sports live on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, a solid .333 on the batting average yesterday. Went a one for three. Jags win. But the lock of the day, Stanley does not pull through because Garrett Wilson, I thought, was going to have a good game last night. But sadly, again, we talked about it earlier in the show, the horrendous quarterback play of the New York Jets kind of prevented that from happening. He got four catches for 30 yards, so he got, he got nine targets, so he saw the most targets out of everybody on the Jets squad. Uh, I'm just hoping they figure out that quarterback situation because Garrett Wilson is such a fun receiver to watch. You get Here's the thing. If you, get a, if you get a quarterback to go to New York, here's some of the weapons you're going to have. Brees Hall who, when he was healthy, looked fantastic. Garrett Wilson, who is really coming into his own. Elijah Moore, who a lot of people thought was going to be a stud at the slot coming out of college. And then you've got Corey Davis, who's a, who was a solid third receiver in that offense, too. So I, I hope they figure it out in New York or they get somebody back there to figure it out. But the Jags do win, so that hits. But what really shocked me... Zay Jones just turned into a ghost. I got my phone right here. I'm uh, I'm putting a collect call out to Jacksonville and figure out where where Zay Jones ended up because I I don't know what happened. I I picked Zay Jones to score a touchdown last night. He's had a couple great games. He only gets one catch for 14 yards on four targets, and I don't think he even got targeted till the second half. Which hey, I don't know. I don't know. Watch, he'll have probably two touchdowns against Houston next week, knowing my luck on that one. But Evan Ingram, shout out to Evan Ingram, has another solid game. Seven catches for 113 yards for the former New York Giant. But it's time for today's picks, and we are turning fully to the Independence Bowl tonight. A little college football action on your Friday. It's Houston, of course, notable for head coach and former Mountaineer head coach Dana Holgerson. will be will be taking on the 6-6 six and six Louisiana Raging Cajuns in the bowl game tonight. Well, the first of two bowl games tonight. The other bowl game going to be Missouri 
and Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. So today's lock of the day, I and you can come at me. You can fade the pick if you want. I'm picking Houston to win it. I think Ooh. I think Houston wins. I think Dana gets a bowl win here with the Cougars. I think Chris Smith, running back for Louisiana, his over-under for receiving yards tonight is 10.5. I think I'm going with the over for that one. He's hit that the past few games. I'm going Chris Smith. And then Nate Dell, receiver for, receiver for Houston, their number one receiver. He's been up and down the line for tonight's 105.5 for receiving yards for Nate Dell. I'm going the 70-plus alt route because he's had games where he's had 50, He's but he's consistently hitting like 70, 80, 90. He's had a few games where he's had 150, 160. I'm going safe. Nate Dell, 70-plus receiving yards. And then all three in NFL slate. NFL games, reminder, most of them are going to be on Saturday this weekend, so that'll fill most of your slate. My lock of the day for the NFL for Saturday, Browns beat the Saints for the sole reason. Who is New Orleans going to throw the ball to? Because Chris Olave is out. Jarvis Landry's out. Michael Thomas has been out, and they're going to be throwing a practice squad, guys. Uh, hopefully, it's a big game for Alvin Kamara because I'm in my fantasy semifinals right now. It's never a big game for Alvin. Well, it's. I mean, I, I'm putting my hope out there, but I'm also starting the Browns defense, so I also won't be too bad if they score 30 again. This time, I actually play them and don't leave them on my bench. So I'm going for the Browns to beat the Saints. I'm going for the Seahawks plus 10 spread over the Chiefs. I don't think I don't think the Chiefs beat the Seahawks by 10. I think the Seahawks are too good of a team. I think Seahawks I think Seattle keeps it between 10 with Kansas City and this broke my heart to do this and I felt really bad about it. The Raiders are going to beat the Steelers on Saturday. Yeah, it's Come it, on. It's it's sad because it's supposed to be the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception honoring Franco Harris and all that going on, but with it Parker's sucks. picks, you got to pick with your head. You don't got to pick with your heart. It would be a fantastic story to win this one for Franco. But the Raiders are just the better team right so now. So what do you guys think about this? And I ended up deciding not to go because, you know, it's the holiday season and I should spend time with my family. <laughs> you could get into this game for $20. Oh, It's going to be six degrees in nope. Pittsburgh. Uh, for, the, for the weather, probably not. Nope. Now, I've been to a game. Uh, me and my parents I've never went been to, to an NFL game. Well, me and my parents went to, it was um, New Year's Eve, Ravens, um, Bengals, and uh, Dalton. It's when Andy Dalton scored. It was to uh, it was if the Ravens lost, the Ravens win. They got in. If they lost and then the Bills won, then they got in. It was this whole thing. Andy Dalton wins on a last second touchdown drive. It was awful. It was right in front of us. It, I could see the whole the whole play come together. It was the worst experience. But it was negative two, I think, for the game. And we would get beers. They would like open the beers for you, right? Because uh, they could such stand, and they would still explode. Because it was so cold. So, uh, one, I wouldn't go to a Steelers game anyways, but definitely not because of the weather. <laughs> did you put any uh, – did you do any um, Christmas Day basketball picks? I did not. I can do well, some real quick. Yeah. So, we got – here, I'll tell you why you look it up. Here are the matchups. You got Knicks and 76ers at noon. You got Lakers-Mavs at 2.30. Bucks-Celtics at 5. Grizzlies-Warriors at 8. And then the late, late game is Nuggets-Suns at 10.30. Sixers, Mavs, Bucks. What? You're taking Sixers over Knicks? The way Harden's been playing, man. Oh, tell you. Knicks well, are just coming off nine, eight straight. I heard an lost, interesting but. stat, and I was going to recite it today, but then I forgot who the five was. They've got a five that they run. And I don't think it's their starting five, but it's their most used five for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. That's a plus 14 mm-hmm. um, that they've been talking about. You know That rotation for oh, them yeah. has been a lot of fun. And they said that their success... 
It's finally, there's, I was listening to a podcast the other day on The Ringer that said that the Knicks' success is directly related to Julius Randle actually playing defense. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. And so not trying nice. to take three-point shots all the time. What were the last two games? So, so the, the late games are Grizzlies-Warriors at eight. Grizzlies win that one. And so then uh, Nuggets-Suns, which I think might end up being the best Ooh, game. Other than, yeah. I think Bucks celtics be really oh, good, that's too. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, but that's the 10-30. Suns-Nuggets at 10-30. That one's a toss-up. I think I take the Nuggets on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go with the Knicks. I'll go with the Knicks in an upset. I think the Lakers upset the Mavericks. I've got... Christmas Day LeBron is different. Anthony Davis is that foot thing. Is he even going to play? And you got to remember Knicks Sixers at the Garden on Christmas Day. It's at the Garden. So, at the Mecca. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm going to flip my pick. I'm going to go Celtics over the box. Okay. That'll be a fun game. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Grizzlies over the Warriors. I think that's the easiest one to pick. And then... I'll go Phoenix over Denver. I'll go Phoenix over Denver. So, New York, Los Angeles, Boston, Memphis... Phoenix will be my pick for Thanksgiving or not Thanksgiving <laughs> Christmas. I'm, I'm back. I'm back a month. Whoops. Uh, well, you got any big plans for uh, Christmas, fellas? I'm going to start playing some Christmas music. Yeah, kids uh, in the holiday season. Going over to Preston County, hanging out with my mom's side of the family. It'd be a good time. Uh, handing out the Christmas presents. Surprise, surprise. There's going to be a lot of shepherd gear dispersed among the yeah. Yeah. as there should be this, uh, this Christmas holiday. Other than that, no, not not really. As there should be. Now, as long as it's not that sweatshirt, uh, that that shepherd sweatshirt I seen you guys yesterday. Oh, that was oh, the most. Man. That Whose was the most boardwalk. Most like summertime beach boardwalk like sweatshirt. Right when ever. you cross the Clemente Bridge at PNC Park, <laughs> they, they sell on the bootleg stuff when the names are spelled wrong. <laughs> that kind of deal. That's exactly what that looks. We yeah. got going on park. You uh, you can go hit the gym, Christmas Day Maybe pump, like Christmas or what? Games. <laughs> Christmas games. Somebody, uh, the thing's been going on. It's like it's like a mock Macy's commercial. It's like Mary Liftmas from Macy's <laughs> or something like that. But I'm actually heading out to back home to Covington today. Uh, got some stuff to handle over on WXDC, and then I'll be heading down for the week. I'll be on vacation all this last week. So, uh, reminder that's uh, that was the last Parker's picks for 2022. Was oh, how did we end game. up? So, 2022 totals right now. I believe the final tally. Before adding everything in there, locks of the day for 2022 since we started the show in July. Uh, 67 and 32 on locks. Not bad. And then bonus picks are, I believe, 99 and 85. So we could get bonus number 100 over the weekend. Whoa. Which would be big. Whoa. Who'd have thought? Bonus 100. Hey, 2023 is going to be a big year. Who would have thought it? You guys want to run some bowl games real quick before sure. we have to go? Yeah, we got a few minutes here. Also, one quick stat about that Houston game. Houston scores 37 points a game. That's amazing. They give up 33. Ooh. So take, I'm take taking, the over. I'm taking Louisiana in that one. I'm taking Houston. Where are you going, Jordan? You picking Houston? Oh, I'm sorry. Start, ask me again. Houston, Louisiana. Uh, Houston. All right, we got Missouri and Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest, Missouri's lost four defensive starters to the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. Then Wake Forest. I'm picking Missouri in this one. San Diego State, Middle Tennessee for the Hawaii Bowl. Christmas tradition. Middle Tennessee. I'm going San Diego State. I think I'll take San Diego State. We got the. Oh, you uh, said it's in the Hawaii Bowl? It is the Hawaii Bowl. Ah, that was a bad pick for me. Yeah. Go ahead. I wrote that one. Well. Uh, Bowling Green, New Mexico State. I can't pick this one. Bowling Green. Oh, yeah. That's conflict of interest, isn't it? That's conflict of interest. Bowling Green. Uh, Buffalo, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. Buffalo. This game is going to be 7 3. (laughs) Probably. Uh, But Buffalo. Uh, Memphis and Utah State for the first responder bowl. Utah State. I got Memphis. Utah State because Memphis was terrible to end the season. Utah State. All right. Coastal Carolina. Are they the Utes? Or is Utah the Utes? Aggies. Aggies, that's right. Aggies for Utah State. And then we've got Coastal Carolina, ECU. Coastal. ECU. 
Oh, that's a sneaky rivalry game. Uh, it, it is. is. Uh, give me Coastal in this one. Was it three straight 10 win seasons for Coastal Carolina? It would be with a win. To, it, it would be. Game. Okay. It would be with a win in this game. Right, then, yeah, give me Coastal. Okay, we've got Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. Wisconsin, because Sanders isn't playing. I've got Wisconsin. Uh, Yeah, Wisconsin. Why you have not? UCF and Duke, military ball. Ugh. UCF. I got UCF. Um, That's the Marsha pick. UCF lost in the AAC title game, didn't they? I think so, yeah. They lost to... That doesn't matter. To uh, Duke. Duke right. I like their quarterback. Ten seconds, Park. Uh, last one we'll do, UN, UNC and Oregon. UNC. UNC. Oregon. Oof. And that does it for Panhandle Sports Live for... Uh, well, this Christmas season. So this day's show, Dave, listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Uh, Merry Christmas from all of us Merry here Christmas. on the Panhandle Sports Merry Live Christmas. crew. Panhandle Live is next. We'll talk to you later. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.